Contract, The Rise of the Rune Lords. I am DM Clinton, and I'm here with the Warriors of Light, led by Tev. Hello. Followed by Reeton, played by Nathan. Hi, that's a me. And then Null, played by Connor. Look at all these books. I gotta read them all. And Harper's played by Sabrina. Take your time. Can't we just kill it? The team has located an ancient uh, library called the Thoracic Monastery, and it's curated by a clockwork librarian of a make and manufacture. Well, no. Roll a, a knowledge history check. It's going to be a 13 on a knowledge history check. Y- you glitch. It seems familiar, but you're not quite sure. Does anybody else have knowledge history? Tev? I do. You have all the knowledges, don't you, Harper? I do. And since I went up another level, I actually got to increase my bardic bonus to that. So, history? <laughs> nice. Leave it to the bard. Oh, another 20. All right. So, 31. Wow. You heard tale that constructs such as the Clockwork Librarian have fallen out of favor of use. Uh, they haven't been heard of since over 10,000 years. This must be an ancient thing that's never left this library. Hmm. Can I ask it if it only knows Thessalonian? Uh, in what language do you speak? I'll speak this in... Actually, I'll speak it in giant because he's been communicating with giant, a, a giant. It remains silent. It whirs and uh, clanks, but it does not speak. All right, I'm going to hit it to make it feel better. No. <laughs> I, I'm going to go ahead and step in on, on that part. In Thessalonian, new query, no languages? Thessalonian. It looks like it only knows Thessalonian reading. Please don't hit it. I'm going to go take a nap. You guys have fun. I assume I can't read any of the books in here because they're all in Thessalonian. Correct. Clockwork Librarian, new query, what should we call you? Clockwork Librarian. New query, books on Karzug. Karzug, rune lord of greed. There are 523 listings. Do you wish assistance in retrieving said items? Yes. Index query by reviews? Error. Index query by most recently checked out? Error. Index query by your recommendation. So uh, what I'd like you to do is go ahead and roll knowledge checks on Karzug. Uh, This will be a knowledge history check. You get some bonuses, however. Using the library grants you a plus 20 bonus. However, you must be able to fly in order to navigate the ladderless access to the the library in the central shaft that goes down about 100 feet. Would we be able to fly via Tevhexes to satisfy that prerequisite? I would be able to fly via Tevhexes. Doesn't your doesn't your armor grant you the build ability to fly for like two minutes or something? I think it's ten minutes and one increment breaks. Would that be enough to satisfy the prerequisite? Yes. That plus I can fly for eleven minutes per day. Sure. Uh, I got a forty-nine knowledge history. In addition, if you recruit the aid of the Clockwork Librarian, he will add an additional ten bonus to the roll. I want to make friends with this guy. You just uh, try different requests, and he eventually uh, assists you with Rune Lord Karzug and uh, allows you to make a plus 10 bonus to the roll. Cool. Giving you things like um, Spires of Gold, the Rise of Jin Shalast, or Karzug, Lord of Lords and Master of All. That's that's a very important 
and this one, Rise of the Rune Lord for Dummies, and this one, <laughs> Clinton's Court Classics, an audio drama. Right. Things like that, yes. So what is your final history check? Uh, the final one would be a 59. 59, okay. I roll to add a plus two to that. Certainly. <laughs> 31. Okay. Yay. Did we do right. good, Mr. DM? Here, yes, you did great. Unfortunately, the check was 62, so... That's <laughs> fine. So, Karzug was the Rune Lord of Greed. While he was himself an Aslanti human, he was a powerful man indeed, uh, said to be the most gifted manipulator of transmutation magic in all of Thassalon, and to have lived for hundreds of years. He ruled a region called Shalast, part of the ancient empire of Thassalon, over 10,000 years ago. You know, if you look at my butt, I think it says Maiden Shalast. Uh-huh. Karzug, his armies were composed primarily of giants who followed his every command. The giants were ruled by towering monsters known as Rune Giants, who were themselves Rune Lord Pawns. Karzuk counted other powerful creatures as his allies as well, such as blue dragons, eerie denizens from the nightmare realm of Lang, blood-drinking outsiders known as Scarlet Walkers, and immense Lamia Herodons, who towered over most giants. More information and more questions. So we know about Islanti kind of, and that we know Thassalon's filled with Islanti ruins. I feel like rune giants, were those the giants we saw like with runes carved down their bellies, or am I being too literal with that? No, you get a sense that the, these rune giants are probably 40 feet tall. Okay, just just a tiny bit taller than what we fought. The hill giants that you saw before, those are rune slaves. These rune giants, hmm, the descriptions fit the giant statue that you f- saw that had the massive Sahedrin rune on at the Krieg mountaintop. The one that crumbled to dust? The yeah. one that crumbled to dust, right. Mm, well, I don't want to fight things that big. It was a 40-foot tall statue. Well... Further research finds that Karzug focused his magic on the School of Transmutation, magic associated in Thessalonian times with the virtue of wealth. Under his reign, though, this virtue of rule became more associated with the sin of greed. Among the Rune Lords, his master of greed magic was uncontested. Yet in the schools of illusion and enchantment related to the sins of pride and lust, his skills had atrophied greatly. Many believe that weapons infused with illusion and enchantment magic, known as dominant weapons, would be particularly potent against Karzug, yet no record of someone attacking the Rune Lord with such a weapon exists within the library. What's a dominant weapon? A dominant weapon is a weapon infused with a particular aspect of magic. So Karzug was the master of greed magic. That reminds me of something that you guys all told me about your previous travels, where with the Black Arrows, I think it was Cave and Windstrike, he was granting his greed to the Master's need? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Do you think that Master was Karzuk? I'm a venture a yes on that one, considering we keep running into the name Karzuk. This guy was around 10,000 years ago or something. Yeah, but I mean... I was a dwarf and now I'm a bugbear, so I'm not going to put anything, you know, say, oh, that can't be, that can't have happened. True. 
It's a world of magic. Also, I'm talking to a robot, so... Beep boop. I think... And weren't you 10,000 years old? Isn't that what we discovered? 10,005 or so. Yeah, so so let's... Yeah, Karzook's probably back, and uh, we should kill him if, if we see him. Also, we need to figure out how to infuse this bastard sword with some illusion magic. That's right. Dominant magic. Yeah. Um, well, I'm fascinated about that. Is that something we could learn to do? Yes, but your search isn't complete yet. All right. More information is found. Karzu warred with his neighbors, but none more so than with Elasnist, the rune lord of wrath and ruler of Bakra Khan. Between their nations, along a ridge known as the Rasp, Karzug built immense sentinel statues to watch over Bakr Khan, while Alaznist built towers called Hellfire Flumes to prevent Karzug's enemies from invading. Citizens of both nations worried that the war between Karzug and Alaznist would soon escalate to the point where they could bring about the end of the world. And clearly that didn't happen. Hellfire Flume, that sounds familiar. Didn't you have a map that Mokmurian had? Yeah. I'll fish out the map. Hellstorm Flume, and one is in Sandpoint. That's why he sent that general to go collect stones. Okay, that means the, the light tower. The old light. The old light. That must be an old Hellstorm Flume. No, it's just a lighthouse, right? Whoa. Noel begins writing things inside of a note. That old sage said that they could fire, like, fireballs f- miles away. But everybody thought he was crazy. Alright. As Karzug and Alasnus' war intensified, and as wars between other rune lords threatened more than just their armies, the rune lords devised methods in which they could escape the world and enter a state of suspended animation, so they could write out cataclysms. In theory, their surviving minions would then waken them to reclaim their empires once the cataclysms had ended. And that is the end of everything that you can find on Rune Lord Karzug. And last I checked, the Age of Darkness was over. Yeah, that was 10,000 years ago. Well, I guess the timer started then, isn't it? Right, and what were those runewell things? Runewells would be worth investigating further. Dominant weapons would be worth investigating further. Atlantis would be worth investigating further. Jinshalas. Why don't you do that one? Let's do that one. Would that be a knowledge geography? History. History. And I'm going to take a nap. (laughs) Reeton props himself up, and all of the furniture is pristine, as if it were built yesterday. All of the books are absolutely perfect. No sign of aging or dustiness whatsoever. Other than the rubble-strewn passageway that leads out of this place to the west and south. There is a pair of double doors to the north, too. That's because the barbarian has done, or the librarian has done a very good job at cleaning this place. Alright, so it looks like Tev and I got a, a 47? 47, yeah. Okay. Zinshalast. Jin Shalast is a legendary lost city rumored to be hidden somewhere in the Kedar Mountains. Stories hold that Jin Shalast has gold streets and gemstone buildings and sat under the gaze of a mountain that could see. That's interesting stuff. Jin Shalast was the capital city of an empire called Shalast, one of 
seven that composed the ancient empire of Thassalon. Legend holds that Jin Chalast lay at the headwaters of the sacred river Ava, which Verisian folklore says leads to an earthly paradise sacred to Desna. Unfortunately, no record of where this river may have once flowed exists today, and most scholars believe the river itself to have been destroyed during Earthfall. In the final centuries before Earthfall ended, Xinchlast was ruled by Runor Kozug, one of the lords of the Thessalonian Empire. The primary architects of the immense city were tribes of giants, themselves ruled by powerful beings known as rune giants. The spire of Xinchlast stand upon the mythical mountain of Mar Massif. This mountain of legendary proportions pierces the skies above the Kodars and is said to be the highest peak in the entire range of stupendously inhospitable mountains. Mar Massif is said to serve as a bridge to strange realms beyond Galerion, notably to the nightmare dimension of Lang. The connections with the nightmare realm of Lang were said to have infused the region around the peak of Mar Massif with dangerous eldritch and otherworldly energies. Why is it always got to be the eldritch? Right? With the knowledge 17 planes, what do I know about Lang? Well, you can add 20 to the roll. With the knowledge 37 planes, what do I know about Lang? And Clockwork Librarian helps you. Okay, with a 57 knowledge planes, <laughs> what do Chuck and I know about Lang? The plateau of Lang is a distant demiplane of nightmares within the dreamlands. Barely known to even the greatest scholars of the great beyond on Galerion. Lang is accessible from virtually anywhere via the dimension of dreams. Those who travel too far into the realm of dreams can find themselves caught in a vast sea and carried by the tides to the dreaming shore, the southern edge of Lang. Lang is a cold, desolate, inhospitable realm hedged in by two titanic mountain ranges that run from the dreaming shore and converge at the cold waste in the north. The plateau rises ever upward as it travels away from the rocky coast, but no two travelers describe the lay of the land identically. Upon the tableland sit numerous scattered stone villages, both inhabited and ruined. The greatest of these ruins is the abandoned city of Sarcomand, the original home of the denizens of Lang. Two stairways descend from Sarcomand to the Cyclopean underworld of Lang. It's filled with these inhabitants. They are home to creatures that defy facile categorization or even understanding. The primary inhabitants of Lang are the mysterious denizens of Lang who ply the dreaming shore to prey upon those seeking to escape Lang by sea. Denizens of Lang also travel to the dreamlands and the material plane in their strange ships to collect slaves. Many of these slaves are sent to the almost humans moon beast masters on the nameless rock to be sacrificed in their foul rituals. In some villages like Leilag Lang, degenerate beings resembling fiendish humans perform profane rites of worship to blasphemous deities, which are malicious enough to shatter the mind of onlookers. Night gaunts and langhounds roam the skies of Lang hunting prey for them, their masters. 
The underworld of Lang is home to the titanic bowls and the Lang ghouls and ghasts who are far more powerful than normal ghouls and locked in a war against the four-armed gugs. In the spider veils, nestled in the mountains, the massive Lang spiders plot their revenge against the denizens of Lang, who were responsible for driving them nearly to extinction, and eagerly prey upon any trespassers. Scarlet walkers also lurk in the mountains, feeding on living creatures. Others include the draconic monstrosities called Shantaks and the infamous Hounds of Tindalos. The most powerful being in Lang, perhaps its ruler, is the mysterious yellow-clad high priest not to be described, who presides over the plateau's culture of blood sacrifice. The true horror of Lang lies at the central peak where the mountains meet. Beyond the cold waste, a row of malevolent statues known as the Watchers in the Waste stand guard over an impossibly high mountain, atop of which lies unknown Kadath which reaches a further several miles above the mountain's peak and where the outer god Nyarlathotep rules. On Golarion, the rune lords of Kfasalon were aware of Lang and often conjured its inhabitants to do their bidding. Karzug the Claimer even built his capital, Jin Shalast, in a location where the border between Lang and the material plane were unusually thin to take advantage of the dimension's eldritch energies. Knowledge of Lang on Galarion is sketchy at best, limited to glimpses in nightmares and drug-fueled visions, and its origin is unknown. Some believe it to exist physically on the material plane, or another dimension. Others claim it is a surviving piece of a dead plane from before the current multiverse. Yet others believe that Lang is the nightmares of mortal dreamers shaped into a physical place. So our friend Mr. Karzug has been abetting and coercing with denizens of Lang, who seem like they're into some eldritch cultish hubbleabaloo in the works of a mister not to be described. This is some pretty interesting stuff, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Did I get that right? Am I missing anything? Yeah, uh, pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> That's right. What do you think, Rayton? I wake up Rayton and I share this with him. Oh, 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 hey. Uh, <laughs> what's up? I was, I'm sorry, I was uh, sleeping. I thought I saw this thing. Uh, I heard something about Lang. I was dreaming about Lang. And, uh, <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> sorry, I did a lot of drugs. I had to do something while you were reading. So we're not going there, are we? I sure hope not. I really hope not. If so, we're supporting the denizens of Lang against the uh, the Lang spiders or whatever they are. Yeah. <laughs> the emancipation. Free the Lang spider. <laughs> no, no. No, support the eradication of the Lang spider. Well, Tev has a reason to be invested on permanently sealing that gate. Yeah. Was there anything anyone else wanted to find out about? Well, I wanted to look at the other side of this door but it looks like it's just rubble yeah, it looks kind of like it caved in yeah so while he would have been looking up uh zin Shalast mm -hmm. and lang i would have been investigating one of the other things that we wanted to look into which was let's do dominant weapons dominant weapons okay so i got a knowledge history check of 32 plus the clockwork librarian's help 
Uh, 42, and then what's the plus 24? The library itself. Oh, okay. So that'd be, what, a 62? Yeah, that's that's what it looks like. Okay. Ah. You find something about dominant weapons being referred to as runeforged. And the, the text says from, let's see, what book are we looking at? An accounting of the holdings of greater Shalast. And in it, it says, during Thassalon's height, many of the Empire's greatest soldiers, mercenaries, and arcane assassins wielded weapons infused with two allied schools of magic that worked together to grant the wielder additional prowess over practitioners of an opposing school of magic. Weapons steeped in enchantment and illusion magic, for example, held great power over wielders of transmutation. Such weapons were often banned in Thassalon, so wary were the rune lords of their propagation, yet all seven kept champions and assassins armed with rune-forged weapons, targeting their enemies' weaknesses in secret. Okay. Interesting. So, have we ran into any rune-forged weapons Have at you all? Ran, in, ran into them already? Yeah. No. Now, the dominant weapons oppose transmutation. They are a union of enchantment and illusion magic, and dominant weapons function as a bane weapon against transmuters and against creatures with the shape changer subtype. We should get some of those. I wish to learn how to make them. Right, that'd be a good... Uh, you don't find any of that kind of information in this library. So I guess specifically we would want to look up a rune forge. Uh-huh. Is that another history roll? Yeah, knowledge history. 18. Okay. A runeforge is a demiplane created by the seven rune lords of ancient Thassalon for the purposes of magical research. And that is all you find, even with that high of a number. Apparently, the thoracic library here did not have much to do with it. Does anybody else have any questions they'd like to ask? Is there a way for us to make dominant weapons? Like if somebody had enchant or make weapons? I don't think we have the info for that. Correct. Okay. You do an exhaustive search and find nothing that describes the runeforge any further or anything about how to create them. New query. Mar Massive. Mar Massive. See uh, Jinchalast. Okay, okay. <laughs> anything else? Query uh, Jalesa. Zaliasa? Zaliasa. I don't okay. know how to pronounce it. Uh, 50. Zaliasa, Thaumaturge, worked for Runelord Karzug. And that's all you find. Okay. New Query, Ancient Thessalonian Maps. Okay. You want another history roll? Yes, please. 59. And then someone should fish out their recently cartographered map, and we'll compare the two. And ta-da. Yeah, this looks like exactly what we're looking for. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in Hebrew or something, so I can't read it. But So as you can see, Shalast is most of what was mainland Varicia and the Sturval Plain. And then Bakrakan is now under the sea. Oh, Atlantis. Right. And this is right here, the Irespan. That's where... Um... Magnamar. Yeah. And so right on the border of the, of the coast is where Bakrakan and Shalast had their sentinel spires and Hellstorm Flumes. Now, the Sentinel Towers were always in the shape of Runelor Karzuk, and they have interiors, so it sounds a lot like that um, Thistletop 
That was actually a sentinel that Karzug had. So the hologram face inside of Thistletop actually looked like Thistletop itself. Yes. But, okay. but, he, but because the water level was above his eyebrows, you never saw the face. Couldn't tell, right. Yeah. That's neat. All right, so you're looking around, and you don't see... I see Zin Urethinia, Zin Haruka, mm-hmm. I don't see Zin Shalast, though. Right. I, I see Shalast, and I see Zin. Zin's mm-hmm. out, I guess, in the ocean now, out by Bakrakan. Mm-hmm. I guess that means problem solved? <laughs> yeah, problem solved. All right. Back to Sandpoint to retire. Pack it up. Pack it up. We're rich. All right, what do you think you need to do to to move on to the next leg? We need to go kill some harpies. I mean, go into that other building. Hmm. I would actually want to query uh, Minderhall's anvil. Minderhall? Yeah, it's on the map. I just, I saw anvil, and I was like, well, we're looking for a place to forge things. Minderhall is the smith god of the giants, and Minderhall's anvil... 57 knowledge history. Is an ancient temple to the giant smith god, Menderhall, located in the Iron Peaks on the shores of the Storval Deep. Built thousands of years ago during the Thessalonian Empire, the temple is dominated by enormous cracked marble pillars, a gigantic forge altar, and a stone statue of Menderhall seated on his throne looking out over the Storval Deep with his chin resting on his fist. Few modern giants visit the old site, and the immense furnace traditionally fed by the bodies of convicted criminals, stands cold. Interesting. If you move towards the door with a book to leave, the clockwork librarian quickly shuffles over and clanks nearby and says, Do not remove objects. Enchantment will fail. Objects will turn to dust. Oh. Including clockwork librarian. I was going to ask. I was going to be like, hey, if I do a bull rush... (laughs) Don't you dare. It looks like it's getting nervous. I won't, probably. Chuck, are you happy? Error. Well, as fun as it would be to do do Clockwork Librarian's Dream of Electric Sheep, (laughs) I think we should either come up with more queries, Mm -hmm. more bits, Mm -hmm. or proceed to the Harpies. I'm thinking Harpies. If we we think of anything, we can always come back here. Sure. I'm thinking bits, but that's not too productive. Sounds like it's harpies then. And then Reed does a bull rush. No, no. Return to the surface. (laughs) New query, be steering for harpies. Error. Oh. Query Tev's knowledge of harpies. Also, I have no clue what knowledge it is. Harpies? Maybe nature? Uh, Nope. There are uh, local. Local. Interesting. I got a 28 local. Knowledge local, 28. Okay. Uh, Harpies are monstrous humanoids. They um, are often viewed as vicious and corrupted creatures. They know how creatures act and think. This understanding gives them an advantage when it comes to finding their favorite meals. While creatures of the wild easily fall victim to their captivating songs, these vile bird women prefer their meals spiced with complex sentient thoughts. Easy prey makes for a boring meal. Don't worry, reading you're safe. Hey! While ultimately savage and without remorse for their actions, a number of harpies live close to humanoid societies and enjoy parlaying with creatures that they see as potential meals. Harpies tend to wear baubles and trinkets stolen from their victims as they like to indulge in the shiny ornaments of mankind. Up close, these creatures reek with the stench of consumed victims, and they rarely let creatures not yet captivated too near lest they smell the gore and decay upon their feathers. 
For this reason, many harpies wear perfumes and scented oils. Well, that's nice. At least they try to smell pretty. Harpies appear wildly different in different lands. Some seem like an amalgam of vultures and women, while others bear the regal markings of hawks or falcons in their feathers. Rare clutches of harpies in isolated or tropical parts of the world even have colorful feathers akin to parrots. And these ones are black harpies? These are black, yeah, like crows. Harpies are cunning and vile creatures, an amalgam of feral human, woman, and bird. They have wings and claws and often have feathers and down across their bodies, but are otherwise humanoid. The plumage of harpies differs by environment and tends to match local bird life. Typical phenotypes include birds of prey and scavenger, birds such as vultures, but variety abounds. A harpy's face is similar enough to humans at a passing glance, but close inspection shows a carnivorous teeth and the dead eyes of a remorseless predator. Harpies wear their evil and cruelty on their sleeves, taking delight in the pain and suffering of others, and generally make no effort to hide their enjoyment. Also, Marionetta's a harpy. <laughs> Even a harpy with reason to be friendly will flaunt her wickedness and make it clear that she's keeping score for later. Conversely, a harpy attempting to seem caring and virtuous is an unnerving sight. Did he roll high enough to get, like, weaknesses, stuff like that? He, he, yeah, he can uh, do uh, four questions. Four questions? Let's do special abilities. Special attacks are captivating st- song. They have the power to infect the minds of those that hear it, calling them to the harpy's side. When a harpy sings, all creatures aside from other harpies within a 300-foot spread must succeed on a will-saving throw or become captivated. A creature that successfully saves is not subject to the same harpy song for 24 hours. A victim under the effects of the captivating song moves toward the harpy using the most direct means available. If the path leads them into a dangerous area such as through fire or off a cliff, that creature receives a second saving throw to end the effect before moving into peril. Captivated creatures can take no actions other than to defend themselves. A victim within five feet of the harpy simply stands and offers no resistance to the harpy's attacks. This effect continues for as long as the harpy sings and for one round thereafter. It's a mind, sonic mind-affecting charm effect. The save DC is charisma-based. Okay. Three questions remain. Defenses. They're monks, so I'm sure they're a pain in the ass. They usually wear, like, leather armor, and they're fairly dexterous and dodgy and slightly tough. I'm sure it's probably going to suck a little more than that. Probably, yeah. What about weaknesses? Weaknesses no apparent weaknesses of any kind and they're guarding this this tower right yeah you'll have to go out the gate and then around because they they're they're flocking and fly, flying about the dark tower now all right we should probably do that you are standing now outside the gate maybe if we ask nicely they'll just let us in maybe but would they let us out all right you see a black tower This tower is not like the others that compose the fort. Its architectural style is far more intricate and ancient in appearance, bearing similarities to many of the other ancient monuments that dot the Verician landscape. Made of black stone and decorated with gargoyles, the tower's walls are streaked with thick lichens and moss. It soars twice as high as the other towers, its facade effectively dominating the view. It has one entrance, a large stone door, on the northwest facade. All right, they're flying 80 feet above the ground. Okay, and how many harpies do I see? Three? You see three. Okay. 
They are wearing blue robes and they uh, have red wings, actually. They're reddish brown feathers. They say to you, None shall pass, go away, or we shall sing to you. Do you wish to hear our song? What are you guarding? None of your concern. But I'm curious. I think they want to hear our song, sisters. Uh, as a swift action, I'm going to do rage. So it's initiative. Okay. I guess the initiative will occur next time on Rise of the Rings. I mean, we had a lot of dead air. Uh, all right. You want to do it? Okay. You want to do it again? I'll cue up the battle music. We'll do a round or two. Okay. Noel's looking at a 24 for his initiative. Rain's looking at a 10. Tev is looking at a 15. All right. Uh, Noel, you're first to act. How far away are they from each other, as is 80 feet in the air? Um, they're equal in height, so 15 feet and 10 feet. I'm going to eschew out a little bit of guano. You're going to blow them up? Yeah, I'm going to cast a fireball. Okay. So I need a reflex save, Ooh. and that'll yeah. be for 40 flat points of fire damage. All right. So a 16. Fails. A 23. Passes. And a 34. Also passes. So the first one failed and took 40 points of damage. Kaburn. Actually took half. Some sort of evasion. Mm-hmm. And the other two took none. Took none, yeah. Because they're harpy monks. I'm going to take a five foot step and pass the turn. All right. They begin to sing. Everyone has to make three separate will saves. Okay, so uh, DC 19. Shit. I failed. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I passed on all three of mine. You did. You did, yeah. You rolled real high. Okay. And Noel gets to make good use of his new teleport spell <laughs> to yeet out and find a new party. Oh, actually, no, I did save. I have Sacred Tattoo. Apparently, I did not add this luck bonus to my saves. All right. So everyone but Tev and Noel are under fascination they're they're captivated by this their song so you can take no actions other than move towards the harpies oh marionetta needs to check as well i forgot about her what type of spell is this it is a supernatural effect okay so so i was just seeing if it was an enchantment spell it is not an enchantment no although it is very enchanting yes captivating song is a supernatural power mind affecting charm effect okay they're satisfied with that round marionetta she is captivated and moves 30 feet closer and can't move any closer because she's done okay tev all right you took a step okay so flipping around my witch knife in my right hand i am going to cast ice storm on them okay a 20 foot radius cylinder that is 40 feet high so centering it around the center harpy and making it so that the top of the cylinder is 10 feet above the highest harpy 20 foot radius yes 20 foot radius okie dokie so it blasts all three harpies and doesn't affect marionette or anybody else correct but how high off the ground is it 80 feet so the top of it's 90 bottom of it 50 50 thank you for the remaining duration of the spell, heavy snow and sleet rain down in the area, take negative four penalty on perception, and treat it as difficult terrain. Also, they take 3d6 points of bludgeoning and 2d6 points of cold. Is that a save? No. No save. That's good. 
Okay, so, so 20 points of bludgeoning damage? No. 10 points of bludgeoning, 10 points of cold. Okay. Oh. Then 20 points of damage, and their movement is halved while inside the cylinder. Okay. And it lasts for 11 rounds. Okay, that batters them. All right, sounds good. I'm going to move over here right next to Marionetta. I can't attack them right now, so I'll wait for them to come down. Okay. That is round one. Okay, next. No. Don't you mean next time? On Rise of the Rune Lords, I do. We'll pick this up next time. All right. Say goodbye, everybody. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.